Welcome, and thank you for tuning in to the Preston Shuttlesworth Audio Podcast, a place where we believe you can be equipped to conquer any obstacle in life through the power of God's Word. We have a mission and believe that whatever problem you might be facing, God has a word that can lift you out of your trouble. Now, here's your host, Preston Shuttlesworth. What's up, and welcome back to the podcast. I'm glad you're back with me for another week. I hope you're still alive out there. I hope the zombies haven't gotten you. I hope the uh, the rioters haven't gotten to you yet. I hope the virus hasn't gotten to you yet. <laughs> All of the crazy things that are going on in the world today. It's a miracle that you're even here, really. Nah, I'm just kidding. Of course, the news media and people at large in uh, leadership positions are just instilling fear in people, but I'm glad you're here. Because uh, this is a place where we will not, or excuse me, I will not instill fear in you and make you afraid of what's going on. And so I'm glad that you're here with me and I'm glad that you've made a decision to get faith in your spirit and not put more fear into your spirit. Um, I never claim to be the best preacher in the world, but one thing I can say is that I'll never intentionally, at least in these podcasts, tell you something or speak something to you that will make you afraid or will make you feel like you have no hope or that things are crashing all around you, that there's chaos going on. That is something that's demonic. It's a demonic strategy of the enemy. And one of the reasons why I stand on and my family stands on preaching the word so much is that we understand that we're the final line of defense against an antichrist spirit that wants to take over this world and is already and has been trying to take over um, this generation and take over any area in the world that they can. And this year, you've been able to see that, that the enemy is on the hunt right now. He's trying his best in every avenue that he can to put fear in people and to control them by making them panic and do things that they otherwise wouldn't do. But this podcast and preaching in general should be, at least the intention of God was with preaching, to remind people that there's a way of escape from the world and the sinful desires that are in the world, that we don't have to take life as it comes, that no matter what's going on in the world, there's a way of escape, and God has made that way possible through the blood of His Son, Jesus Christ. And that's why I'm really happy that you're tuning in today for another week of the podcast. You know, I was just thinking... Uh, before I hit record for this episode, um, how much this podcast has helped me, you know, just to be able to have a consistent platform where I can come on every week and just hit record and pour out from my spirit what God's been pouring into me. It's uh, a great opportunity, and I'm really thankful that people have been listening and people continue to listen every week. And, uh, I just want you to know that before we get into the text and topic of today, because it really means a lot to me, and I'm glad you're here. So let's stay in that mindset of faith over fear and stay in the Word of God. So let's go to 1 John chapter 2. I've entitled today's podcast, The Mindset of Eternity, or you could think of it as living your life with the mindset of eternity understanding from the Bible that we don't just live for things that are seen by the natural eye or can be uh, 
perceived by the natural ear or even things that we just see in the natural realm. We perceive life by the revelation that we have through Christ Jesus, that the world is not just a surface-level world, that there's actually, beyond the scenes, spiritual battles that take place every day. The Bible says that we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities and powers and rulers in high places. So this podcast is about understanding from the Bible that the life you live is not just one of things you see on the surface or things you see in the natural, but the Bible really teaches you how to have a mindset of eternity, understanding how to see things from the perspective of God, because God isn't bound by time. You know, as human beings right now on the earth, we're bound by time. You know, we think of life as, you know, 80, 90 years that you have on the earth and time flies by and you go to high school and then you go to college, you get a job and then you get married and you do all these things. And there's kind of this routine of life that people get caught up into. The Bible calls it the pride of life. And people really go through life never understanding that the world that we're in now and the life that you now live is really very short and it's very temporal. And really, the only thing that you're on the earth to do right now is to make a decision to serve Christ Jesus and then do everything in your power while you're here to bring other people with you to heaven. You know, there's nothing for me or for you on this earth that you'll be able to take with you to heaven. The only things you'll be able to take with you to heaven are spiritual things. And that's why the Bible says that he that wins souls is wise because there's wisdom and understanding eternity. And there's wisdom and understanding that the Bible places an immense value on things that are spiritual. And that's why this podcast is out today. And this is why I chose this topic. And that's why I want to go to first John chapter two, which I told you to go to. If you're, if you listen along with the Bible or just want to know where I'm reading from, this is where I'm going to begin. And this is what I'm talking about today, the mindset of eternity or living your life with the mindset of eternity. The Bible says this in first John chapter two, verse one, it says, my little children, I am writing these things to you so that you may not sin. But if anyone does sin, we have an advocate with the Father, Jesus Christ, the righteous. He is the propitiation for our sin, and not for ours only, but also for the sins of the whole world. And by this we know that we have come to know him, if we keep his commandments. Whoever says, I know him, but does not keep his commandments is a liar, and the truth is not in him. But for whoever keeps his word in him, truly the love of God is perfected. By this we may know that we are in him. Whoever abides in him ought to walk in the same way in which he walked. So pause there. I want you to understand from the Bible that the Bible encourages you and tells you that you don't have an excuse to live your life any way you want to just because Jesus died for your sins. While the Bible does say that Jesus Christ made propitiation or sacrifice for your sin, and now you don't have to, you know, pay the price for what Jesus already paid the price for, that does not exempt you from living a life just like Jesus lived. Because the Bible says that you ought to walk in the same way in which Jesus walked. 
And then it makes you think, well, okay, if I have to live my life and walk in the same way that Jesus walked, then I should examine the life of Jesus and then take from his life the things that he did and apply them to my own life. Because if I don't do that, if I'm not like Jesus, then what am I doing? But a lot of Christians, they go through life, especially nowadays with modern preaching on grace, they go through life with this mentality that I can do whatever I want because Jesus already died for me and forgave me of my sin. But that's not the gospel. That's something called a false gospel or a false theology. The belief that, you know, grace covers everything I do and no matter how I live or how I conduct myself or... Um, the things I do when nobody's looking, God doesn't care. God will just forgive me and everything will be fine. But while it's true that God will forgive you, it's also true that your love for God is proven by your action. That he says, if you truly love me, then you'll keep my commandments. And that's something that people don't understand, especially when it comes to life and things that have eternal value. Because if you really understood that you live in a physical body, you have something called a flesh nature, you have a soul, a soulless realm of your mind, your will, your intellect and emotions, but you really are a spirit, that human beings are spiritual beings. And the only thing when this life is over, whether um, you get raptured or whether you get left behind if you don't make things right with God or if you pass from the earth another way, the only part of you that will last is your spirit. And that's why God throughout the entire Bible and the story of the gospel is after the spirit of man. That the reason that Jesus had to come to earth and be born as a man and be tempted in every way yet as we yet sin not and become a perfect sacrifice was because Jesus opened up the way to save the spirits of mankind. That no longer do we have to suffer hell, death, hell, and the grave and then be bound by sin. But Jesus came in the flesh to defeat the flesh and defeat sin in his body and with his death and shedding of blood on the cross. That's the reason Jesus came. Jesus didn't come to give us grace, a license to sin. Jesus came to give us the doorway and the way of escape from the world so that we can live in righteousness and then live our life just like Jesus lived. You know, if Jesus came back in the flesh and walked amongst us and he saw the state of the modern church, I promise you he would have an issue with the doctrine of the preaching of a greasy grace or the belief that your holiness, your purity, the way you conduct yourself really is secondary to the grace of God. No, that's not true. While the Bible says grace does cover a multitude of sins, it also says, shall we continue in sin that grace may abound? Paul said, certainly not, because there's a requirement of holiness as a believer that you carry on a daily basis. And as soon as you get that in your spirit, especially while you're young, the sooner you'll set yourself apart and be head and shoulders above others in the crowd. Because holiness is rare. Living a pure life, someone that is not concerned with the weight of the world, but the pride of life, with the things that are existing in the world, things that tempt your flesh. You know, people are so concerned with things that have no eternal value. They care more about if the NFL is going to have a season than if their church is going to open up and have services in the building. They care more about, you know, if college basketball is going to come back than if, you know, uh, inviting their friends to church because they have their priorities all jacked up and mixed up. 
But as soon as you get the understanding by revelation in your spirit that you are a spirit and that you're a spirit man comes first, the sooner you can walk in the authority that you have that says, I'm not going to live my life based on temporal earthly things that hold no value in the realm of eternity. But I'm going to place my focus and my value on things that will never rot away. You know, I'm going to go and read it in a second. But Jesus said, don't lay up your treasure on things on the earth where moth and rust can corrupt, but lay up your treasure in heaven. That's what I want to do as a believer. I don't want to lay up my treasure on the earth and build some earthly empire and kingdom that has no lasting effect in the realms of eternity, but I want to lay up my treasure in heaven, a place of eternal value where God will say one day to me, well done, my good and faithful servant, enter into the joy of the Lord. You know, that statement alone, from God of him approving your life and approving the way you conducted yourself while you're on the earth should be motivation enough to live a life that lives in the light of eternity. But what do you see every day, especially in these times? People, no matter what, it's like nothing will wake them up. You know, the world can shut down because of a pandemic. Every major sporting thing can shut down and and be closed down inevitably or uh, indefinitely, and people still will not realize that there's more going on than what's on the surface, that Jesus really is coming back soon. And that's what's been on my spirit strong, you know, the past month or so, because I'm thinking to myself, what will wake up a generation to realize that there's things on this earth that are going on, and the things that God wants to do are way more important and have way more value. Don't lay up your treasure in things that are of the earth, but lay up your treasure in heaven. Let's read verse 17 of 1 John chapter 2, because it really uh, reads perfectly under what's going on right now. Listen to this. Verse, Actually, verse 15 of 1 John chapter 2. The Bible says this, Do not love the world or the things in the world. If anyone loves the world, the love of the Father is not in him for all that is in the world listen to this number one the desires of the flesh number two the desires of the eyes and number three the pride of life all of these are not from the father but they are from the world and the world is passing away along with its desires but whoever this is a great promise to you right now. Whoever does the will of God shall abide forever. Those three verses, 1 John chapter 2, verse 15, 16, and 17, perfectly depict what this episode is about. Because as long as Christians, you know, I'm not even speaking to unsaved people, because of course, if their spirit hasn't been reborn through the blood of Jesus, they'll have no understanding. And of course, they're going to love the things of the world. But the problem I see is when people in the church have this tendency to turn towards the world and be distracted by things that are of the flesh, that's where my heart is grieved and the alert in my spirit goes off and I'm like, what's going on? There has to be a point where our generation shifts their focus from things that exist in the world and being so in love with what the world's doing and what the world's getting up to. You know, like I think about even these uh, protests and things that are going on because of, 
you know, the injustices and things that have taken place and the things that have blown up across the country, I'm thinking to myself that even, listen, even if you succeed in what you're trying to do, even if there's perfect racial harmony across the United States, it really doesn't mean anything. Because as even if you have that, the, the Bible teaches that things go way deeper than your skin color. Things go way deeper than just surface level fleshly things. That it's not just about your body, it's about what's inside of your body, your spirit. That's what really matters. You know, there's not black spirits and white spirits and Mexican spirits and Asian spirits. There's spirit there's soul and there's body. But people get so caught up with surface level things like what skin color you have or what income bracket you come from or who your parents are or what country you were born in. But I came on this podcast today to remind you from the Bible that the Bible teaches that you don't become a new black person when you accept Jesus as your Lord and Savior. You don't become a new white person when you accept the blood of Jesus. The Bible says you become a new creature in Christ Jesus. That the very nature of who you are changes because you've accepted the divine nature of the Son of God. That's what Jesus came to do. Jesus didn't come to bring racial unity. Jesus didn't come to bring peace. Jesus came to bring a sword where he said, the thing that I come to bring will divide a father against a son, a mother against a daughter, a friend against a friend. That the gospel is an offense to many. That the gospel is foolishness to the wisdom of the world, but it's wisdom to God, that the things that this world values is not what God values. It's a complete flip. And that's why I came on this episode to discuss this topic, because as soon as our generation can realize that, hey, all of these things that people um, my age care so much about, and their Instagram feed is full of, and they like to post black squares, and they like to seem like they're on the right side of history, really, they've missed the whole point of the Bible. Because the Bible, while yes, it can bring love and unity to to a situation, it's deeper than your skin color. It's deeper than your cultural background. You know, people get so fixed up on their culture, and that's why they stay where they are. That's why they live the same life their parents live, because they can never break the generational curse of just thinking of yourself as the race you're born as. But I came to remind you that the blood of Jesus doesn't make you a better version of the race you were born into, but it makes you a brand new creature where the very nature of of who you are changes for the better. Jesus didn't come to save your skin. Jesus came to save your soul and your spirit. And the sooner you can realize that, the sooner you can realize that what the world places so much value on, the people of God should not. Because the things that we place value on have eternal value. But the things the world is concerned about, the things the world gets in a knot about, the things the world stays up and has sleepless nights over will not affect the child of God. And it's not that I'm a racist. It's not that I'm ignorant. It's that I have a revelation of something that's greater than what they understand. And it seems to me like even young people who are who claim to be spirit-filled, who claim to love the Lord, and I'm sure they do, but as soon as something from the world like that comes up, they get tripped up by emotion, they get tripped up by why they, what they see from their friends, and they just want to be like everybody else. But I want to remind you that being like everybody else will not make you noticeable, and it will not make you a, dist- a difference maker. You have to stand out from the crowd, because First John chapter 2 said that you should be like Jesus. And let me tell you something. 
if there's anything that we can learn from how Jesus lived and how Jesus conducted his life, it's that he stuck out like a sore thumb from people that were around him during his time on the earth. That people saw him and they immediately identified that there's something different about that man, Jesus. I don't know what it is, but when I get around him, there's something different. So much so that in Mark chapter 5, the Bible says there was a woman who had an issue of blood. And when she perceived who Jesus was, she pressed through the crowd because she had, she had a knowing in her spirit that if I can just touch the hem of his garment, I can be made whole. And you might say, well, that's Jesus. And we're just, you know, sinners saved by grace. And we're just doing our best. That's a lie. You are not just a sinner saved by grace. While you were a sinner and while grace did save you, the nature of who you once were died and you were resurrected and born again as a new creature, that the old you is gone and the new you has been resurrected by the same spirit that raised Christ Jesus from the dead, that you are no longer who you once were. So listen to me. I am not going to apologize for the things my old self did because my old self already paid the price, the price of death, that I was crucified with Christ Jesus, that Jesus didn't just die for me. Jesus died as me, that he took upon himself my sins and he bore my diseases that I need not bear them. So don't try to guilt trip me and put me in just this social justice debate that has no solution. I am in a debate, not for things that are of the earth, but I'm here just telling you what the truth is. I don't have to debate it. I can just stand upon the word of what I know to be true because my mindset is not fixed on temporal, earthly, natural things like most people in our generation. My mindset, is on the word of God, something that shall endure forever, that heaven and earth will pass away, but the word of God shall endure forever. You know, the Bible says this, it says the grass withers and the flower fades, but the word of the Lord shall endure forever. You know what that means? It means that kingdoms rise and kingdoms fall. It means political parties form and political parties are disbanded and never form again. That people rise, people fall. But God and his word never change. That's why the Bible says in Matthew chapter 7 that you can have two choices in life. You can either be like the wise man that built his house upon the rock, that when the winds and the waves came, came the house did not move, or you can be like the foolish man who built his house upon the sand, that when the winds and the waves came, great was the fall of the house. Because as soon as you realize that your foundation doesn't have to be on temporal things, you don't have to build your life upon the foundation of sand. You can build your life on the foundation of the word of God, which is a rock that can never be moved. That is your promise from the word of God. God didn't say, well, put your trust in me. And you know, you're going to get beat up through life and you're going to have great falls and you're going to be beaten up and bruised and bloodied. But one day in heaven, it will be worth it. No, the Bible says that I am the head and not the tail, that I am above and never beneath. The Bible says that he has made me more than a conqueror. The Bible says that the same spirit that raised Christ Jesus from the dead now dwells in me. Well, 
Brother Preston, you know, what you're saying is good, but you know, the Bible says that many are the afflictions of the righteous. Well, yeah, the Bible does say many are the afflictions of the righteous, comma, but, finish the whole verse, many are the afflictions of the righteous, comma, but the Lord delivers him out of them all. So I wanted to remind you, like I try to remind you every podcast to get your faith up, that no matter what comes against you, no matter what obstacle tries to raise its head against, you, God has equipped you to be a victorious believer in every stage of life, and you don't have to take junk from the devil one more day, but you can live in the authority and revelation of who you are through the blood of Jesus and be victorious in every area of life. But that only comes when you live a life that has a mindset of eternity, because as soon as you You know, you might listen to this podcast today and you might say, oh, the things that Preston was saying were good. But then you get an alert on your phone because you have it set up where, you know, CNN or Fox News or whatever you get your news from, you know, they send you their alerts when something happens, a breaking story occurs. And as soon as you get off this podcast and you listen to something that builds your faith, then as soon as you do that, you swipe right on that news Uh, message that news feed and then you read this depressing story about how there's murder hornets coming or a hurricane's gonna strike or you know all these bad things are happening but that's exactly what the world's gonna do you know there's never good news it seems it's always something negative it's always something to make you full of anxiety it's always something to make you full of fear it's always something trying to compete for your attention and try to steal your hope from you but the bible says jesus said it he said in this present world you will have trials and tribulations and a lot of christians like to stop there and say you know that's what jesus said brother preston he said in the world we're going to have trials and tribulations and again i'm not going to debate that jesus did say that we're going to have trials and tribulations in the world. But finish the rest of the verse. Jesus said, In this world you will have trials and tribulations, comma, but be of good cheer, for I have overcome this world. Hallelujah. You know, you don't have to live your life based on what the world is dealing with and what's going wrong in the world. Because Jesus said that he who lives, or it's not Jesus, but the Bible says in 1 John 4, 4, that he who is in you is greater than he who is in the world. Jesus did not come, listen to me, with the mission of, you know, these poor, poor people. They're always going to be struggling. They're always going to be in pain. They're always going to be full of disease. They're never going to understand the power that they have, and they're always going to be full of weakness and turmoil and chaos. No, Jesus came to empower us to be mighty upon the earth. That Jesus said, I go to my father, John chapter 14, but I will not leave you helpless, for I will send you the comforter, and the things that you've seen me do, even greater things shall ye do. So people like to say things like, Well, that was Jesus, you know. We don't have the ability to be like Jesus and do the things that Jesus did. He was on a different level. He was the Son of God, after all. Don't you realize that the Bible says that as He is, meaning Jesus, that as Jesus is, so are we in the present world. And so understand that you will never be a difference maker. You will never be a voice in your generation. You will never be a light in the darkness as long as you have the mindset of temporal earthly things. But as soon as you get this mindset,
mindset of eternity, the mindset that I've built my house upon the foundation that's immovable, the rock, that I'm not a foolish man that built my life upon the sand. I'm the wise man who built my house upon the rock. As soon as you get that in your spirit, that that's who you are and that's who you will be, then the sooner you will begin to walk in the power that you have and the authority that you have as a believer. I want to go to Matthew chapter 6, because if you don't believe me, maybe you'll believe the words of Christ, because I want to read to you what Jesus said in Matthew chapter 6 about this subject. Matthew chapter 6, in verse 19, listen to what Jesus said, Matthew 6, 19. He said this, do not, do not lay up for yourselves treasures on earth where moth and rust destroy and where thieves can break in and steal. But lay up for yourselves treasure in heaven, where neither moth nor rust destroys, and where thieves do not break in and steal. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. Those are, that's the words of Christ. And listen, when I, when I read that in my study time, I really was grieved in my spirit because I thought that this time really has revealed where people's treasure is laid up. Because as soon as you see the reaction that Christians have to times like we're living in now, the sooner you can realize where they've laid their treasure. Because when they can talk about political things more than they can talk about what God has opened up the way for us to possess, that's when I understand that they've placed their mindset on temporal earthly things. You know, thank God for the civil rights movement. Thank God for all the people that did great things. And I'm and that was a, a movement that was motivated by, to me, the Spirit of God himself, what happened during that time. But in reality, Jesus did so much more than that because Jesus didn't come just to save our bodies. He didn't just come to make people respect what we look like or how the world sees us. Jesus came to do something of eternal value that like I said life is short life is temporal life does not last very long you know life will fly by but the things that will really matter the things that God will really care about one day when you go before the judgment seat in heaven before God the questions he'll ask you are not how many political rallies did you attend. He won't ask you what political party you were affiliated with. He won't ask you um, things like what uh, political values did you hold. The things that God will ask you what will be, what did you do with my son Jesus? What did you do with the knowledge of who he was and what he came to do and what he empowered you to be? That's what God's going to ask you. What did you do with my son Jesus. Did you honor him? Did you honor his work? Did you understand what he did and live your life with the mindset of that eternal value? Or did you count that as something just common and something that you heard your whole life and never really grasped and never really allowed to hit your heart in a way that it actually had a positive effect on who you were and how you conducted yourself? What did you do with Jesus? Did you just go to church twice a year and think that everything's okay and never pray and never witness to one person and just think, well, you know, I, I'm a Christian. If someone were to ask me if I was a Christian, I would say yes. But other than me saying yes to the question, I don't really do much to prove that I'm actually a follower of Christ. 
You know, people say they're Christians, but then you look at their life of what they do and how they try to, you know, not that you have to be a preacher or be in full-time ministry, but there should at least be something about who you are where people can identify that you are a follower of Christ by how you conduct yourself and how you live your life. It shouldn't be a grand mystery, you know, what kind of beliefs you hold about who Jesus is, because one day God will ask you that question. What did you do with my son, Jesus? And I don't know about you, but I want to be able to tell God one day that I gave it my all that I tried to preach the gospel every chance I got to people that had never heard about him before. I don't want to be embarrassed one day when I appear before God and have to cry and have to fall on my knees in repentance because I didn't do what he asked me to do. I'll get on my knees in reverence of who God is, but I want to be able to tell God that I gave it my everything, that I really loved him, that not only did I say I loved him, but like the Bible says in 1 John 2, you prove your love by obeying his commandment. And what was one of the commandments that Jesus gave, the Great Commission? Go ye into all the world. I don't know about you, but are you really doing everything you can right now as a believer to honor what Jesus did and to understand by revelation who Jesus made you to be? Or are you living your life constantly swayed by what the world is dealing with and what the world's going through? I don't want that to be your story. I want your story to be one of victorious living, that you kick the devil's butt every chance you got, that you never allowed the devil to back you down and keep you quiet and make you ineffective, but you rose above adversity. You rose above the mindset of your generation and you stuck out like a sore thumb, just like Jesus did. You were a rose among the thorns. You were somebody that had a marked difference upon their life because you had the revelation of who he was, Jesus, and what he made you to be. That's what I want for you. I don't want you to be confused and allow the world to make you think that these things don't matter. And you know, all oh, the Bible's full of good principles to live by and it has some good stories, but really, you know, it's kind of outdated and it holds principles that don't really make sense. And there's, uh, you know, there's a lot of contradictions in the Bible and so forth. And so we understand that Jesus was a good person. You know, all this crap that these universities try to tell you. They don't know anything about the Bible. They think they're smart. The Bible says that people intend to become wise, but they instead become utter fools because the gospel is an offense to many. I understand that. The real gospel is. The gospel is not easy to follow because the gospel requires sacrifice. The gospel will require you to give up something to follow Jesus. Jesus is not some free thing that he requires no action. He requires nothing for you to do actually in what you, how you conduct yourself. Jesus requires great sacrifice in order to follow him. You know, he told the rich young ruler that came to him. He, you know, the, remember the story of the rich young ruler that came to Jesus? And he said, what must I do to have eternal life? And Jesus said, sell everything you have and give it to the poor and follow me. But the Bible says that great sorrow filled the rich young ruler's heart and he went away sorrowful for he had many possessions. You know, my grandfather used to say this, that he didn't have many great possessions. Many great possessions had him. And that's what's happened in the world today. That that mindset of this temporary 
uh, materialistic things have has gripped the heart of a generation to the point where they can't follow Jesus. I do not want that to be your story. Things will not have you. You can have things and follow Jesus. You know, people will say that and think, oh, that's why, you know, you have to be a monk and have just two possessions to follow Jesus and live in the mountains somewhere and shave your head and have all your possessions in a sack and carry it over your shoulder to follow Jesus. That's not true either because the disciples, after that encounter, you know, Jesus said it's easier for a, a camel to pass through the eye of the needle than for a rich man to enter the kingdom of heaven. And the disciples were greatly like confused by that statement because they had money. And they said, well, master, how can anyone enter the kingdom of God? And Jesus replied, he said, with men, things are impossible, but with God, all things are possible. Because Jesus wasn't preaching that day that you can't have any possessions or you can't have material things, but he was preaching that you have to come through his way of doing it and do it through the way of the Lord. That you can't just live your life trying to gain all these natural materialistic things and then not have a spiritual eternal mindset. He said that if you seek first my kingdom in my righteousness, then all these things shall be added unto you. That's the way of God. That's what Jesus taught in his ministry. He taught that if you seek him, if you have the mindset that he's the priority, he's my focus, he's the one I'm going after, and then everything else will come after that. That if I pursue Jesus with my whole heart, he'll provide for me along every step of the way. And not only will he provide your needs, but he'll fill your cup to overflow, that he'll bless you to be a blessing. That's what the Bible teaches. But I'm trying to get this in your spirit today about getting off of this mentality that the world and the news media and everything that's going on right now, the mindset that they want you to have, that life is just at face value and life is just what it is and we have to do our best to make the world as best as possible, that is totally anti-Christ. And let me explain why. Because the disciples, remember, they asked Jesus, when are you going to build and establish your kingdom? Because they had the mindset that Jesus was some earthly king. That Jesus was going to establish his kingdom on the earth. And he was going to free the Jewish people from the Roman occupation. And then set up territory and set up house on the earth. But Jesus said, no, you don't understand. My kingdom is not of this earth. But my kingdom resides in an unseen realm. Because Jesus was trying to get them to understand what I'm trying to get you to understand. That you must have the mindset of eternity. That this world, the things that you see, when you wake up and look out your window, I understand the world is as it's the most real thing you can ever comprehend. But in reality, spiritual things in heaven are way more real and hold way more value than the things you can see with your eyes and hear with your natural ears. And that's what Jesus tried to teach his disciples, and that's what I'm trying to preach to you today on this episode of the podcast, that life is not just face value, that life is not just about what you see, life is about what you comprehend and understand by the revelation of God's word in the indwelling of his spirit, that Jesus came not to give you just a better life on the earth, but to preserve and save your soul so that you can spend eternity in heaven with him. I want to go to 2 Corinthians chapter 4. 2 Corinthians chapter 4, because I want to read to you again 
This is all through the Bible. I don't have to search very hard or long to uh, find where this is in the Bible because it's all through the Bible. But listen to this. In 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verses 7. The Bible says this, but we have this treasure. Again, remember the treasure that Jesus spoke of in Matthew chapter 6, but then listen to this in 2 Corinthians 4. We have this treasure in jars of clay to show that the surpassing power belongs to God and not to us. We are afflicted in every way, but never crushed, perplexed, but not driven to despair, persecuted, but never forsaken, struck down, but never destroyed, always carrying in the body the death of Jesus. Notice he's talking about the body there. So that the life of Jesus may also be manifested in our bodies. For we who live are always being given over to death for the sake of Jesus, so that the life of Jesus also may be manifested in our mortal flesh. So death is at work in us, but life in you. So just reading that, not understanding what Paul's talking about, it can come off as confusing. But what Paul was speaking about was that even though things might arise in life where you're perplexed and things are weighing on your mind and you don't understand things, that is happening in the world, but you'll never be crushed, you'll never be destroyed, you'll never be in despair. Why? Because the life of Jesus dwells on the inside of your body. That Listen, this is powerful revelation, if you can understand it, about the mindset of eternity. Because he's speaking and he's saying, yes, there are things in life that will try to crush you, that will perplex you, that will try to confuse you and weigh you down. But you don't have to be sad. You don't have to be crushed or destroyed. Because the life of Jesus that's in you will preserve your life so that life is in you. But that can't be the case for somebody that doesn't understand the life that lives in them. You know, you think how Paul, in 1 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 17, he had to remind the church of Corinth that their body is the temple of the Holy Ghost and that the Spirit of God lived on the inside of them. And maybe I have to remind you of that again today too, because it seems like people live their life without that revelation, that the Spirit of God Himself lives on the inside of your body, that the Bible says He quickens your mortal body. Acts 17, 28, that in Him we live, in Him we move, and in Him we have our being, that it's by the Spirit of God that we're animated and come back to life and defeat death. That's a powerful revelation of who God is in you, if you can understand that. And that's what Paul was trying to get across in 2 Corinthians 4. That yes, things will arise in life that will perplex you. Things will arise in life that will be confusing and, and difficult. But you don't have to be in defeat. You don't have to be in worry. You don't have to be full of anxiety. Because the life of Jesus dwells in you. So death is at work but life in you.
That's why we stand out from the crowd. That's why we're not like everybody else. That's why we stick out like a sore thumb, a phrase I've used a lot during this podcast. But it's true. You should be the rose amongst the thorns. You should be the black sheep that everybody else is in despair. Everybody else is in worry. Everybody else is in distraction and chaos and confusion. But you stand like a rock, immovable and unshaken by what the world is going through and what the world is plagued by. You know, you can think all the way back in the Old Testament, in the Old Covenant, during the Exodus, when the people of Israel were in slavery to Egypt, and God used Moses to speak to Pharaoh about the plagues that were going to come, and God used the plagues to try to get uh, Israel out of Egypt. But understand that because of the protective power of covenant with God, not one of the houses that had the blood of the lamb upon their door had their firstborn son taken from them by the death angel. Because no matter what disaster or plague or problem is coming upon the world, the blood of Jesus or the blood of a lamb distinguishes you and makes you unable to be affected by what the world is affected by. It's the nature of God. God's not going to allow his people. God's not going to allow you and me to suffer the same effects of people that are outside of the protective covenant that he establishes with us, that is a total lie from the devil because we are not of the world. We, we are not of this world. We seek a different country. We have a different king. We carry different authority. A different spirit now lives in our mortal bodies that despite the perplexity, despite the confusion, despite the problem, God has made us distinctly different by the spirit that now dwells on the inside of us. I want you to turn to Galatians chapter 6. Galatians chapter 6. Because I, I want to read to you again something that Paul uh, spoke of in his letter to the church in Galatia. Listen to this. Galatians chapter 6. Because I want to get this in your spirit about... Because really the book of Galatians is all about the spirit versus the flesh. But listen to what Paul says in Galatians 6, verse 8. He says this, For the one who sows to his flesh will from his flesh reap corruption. But the one who sows to the spirit will from the spirit reap eternal life. And let us not grow weary from doing good. For in due season we will reap a harvest if we will not give up. So then as we have opportunity, let us do good to everyone, and especially to those who are of the household of faith. That's powerful. Paul said, in life. In the book of Galatians, he goes through it deeper if you read the whole book of Galatians. But he says, in life, and even in the human uh trichotomy of man, you have two decisions. You have two things in your life that are constantly at war. You have a flesh nature and you have a spirit nature. And your flesh nature and your spirit nature are constantly at war amongst each other and are constantly vying to take control over your soul. But Paul said you have a choice here because you can either sow to your flesh and from your flesh reap destruction or corruption, or you have the second choice of choosing to sow to your spirit, to please your spirit, and then from your spirit you can reap eternal life. You know, the Bible says in Genesis chapter 8, 
that as long as the earth remaineth, there shall be seed time and there shall be harvest time. That doesn't just mean crops and that doesn't just mean financial seeds and money. It also means in every area of life. So Paul makes the example and the, and the um, analogy and that you can sow to your spirit or you can sow to your flesh. Again, it's the two mindsets. The mindset of the temporal thing, the temporary thing, the natural thing, the earthly thing, or possessing the mindset of eternity. And you can choose. You can either choose to have eternal life or you can choose to have destruction and corruption. It's up to you. Will you choose to reap from your spirit or will you choose to reap from your flesh? I want to finish in John chapter 4 because I don't have much time left with you. But I want to finish in John chapter 4 because I like to finish with Jesus if I can. So I want to read to you what Jesus said in John chapter 4. This is the story of the woman at the well that Jesus meets. So listen, listen to Jesus in John chapter 4 verse 14. I'm actually going to begin in verse 7. I want to read you the story because it really brings into context what Jesus says in verse 14. So John 4, verse 7, this is the story of the woman at the well. Listen to this. A woman from Samaria came to draw water. Jesus said to her, give me a drink. For his disciples had gone away into the city to buy food. The Samaritan woman said to him, how is it that you, a Jew... Ask for a drink from me, a woman from Samaria, for Jews have no dealings with Samaritans. Verse 10, Jesus answered her, If you knew the gift of God and who it is that is saying to you, Give me a drink, you would have asked him, and he would have given you living water. Verse 11, The woman said to him, Sir, you have nothing to draw water with, and the well is deep. Where do you get that living water? Are you greater than our father Jacob? He gave us the well and drank from it himself, as did his sons and his livestock. Verse 13, Jesus said to her, Everyone who drinks of this water will be thirsty again. But whoever drinks of the water that I will give him will never thirst again. Listen to that. The water that I will give him, they will never be thirsty Again, the water that I will give him will become in him a spring of water that wells up to eternal life. The woman said to him, Sir, give me the water that I will not be thirsty again or have to come here or have to come here to draw water. And Jesus said, Go call your husband and come here. The woman answered him, I have no husband. Jesus said to her, you are right in saying I have no husband, for you have had five husbands, and the one that you now have is not your husband, for what you have said is true. The woman said to him, sir, I perceive that you are a prophet. Our fathers worshiped on this mountain, but you say that in Jerusalem is the place where people ought to worship. Jesus said to her, woman, believe me, listen to this, the hour is coming. When neither on this mountain nor in Jerusalem will you worship the Father. You worship what you do not know. We worship what we know. For salvation is from the Jews. But the hour is coming and is now here. When true worshipers will worship the Father 
in spirit and in truth. For the, This is where I want to close. For the Father is seeking such people to worship him. For God is spirit, and those who worship him must worship him in spirit and in truth. I know that was a long thing to read at the end there. But listen to that story. Understand the revelation from that story. That a woman, someone who was unsaved, she was a Samaritan. She wasn't a Jew. She didn't practice Judaism. And she wasn't, you know, living right. uh, Jesus called her out on her sin with the amount of husbands she had. And how the man that she was living with at the time wasn't even her husband. But Jesus came to her and asked her for a drink of water to draw from the well. And he was referring to natural water, earthly water. And she said um, she would do it. But Jesus said, if you knew who I was, you would have asked me for living water and you would never be thirsty again. Because here it is again, all throughout the Bible, Jesus is trying to get this across to people, that you have a choice. Either you can place your value on being satisfied for a momentary time with an earthly thing, or you can choose to receive something of eternal value that will never waste away, that where moth and rust can't corrupt, and where the drink that he gives you, you'll never be thirsty again. You won't have to drink it today and then drink it tomorrow and then drink it next week. But the drink that he gives you, when you really partake of it, it springs up a wellspring in your spirit that you'll never be thirsty again. This is the mindset of eternity against the mindset of the natural realm. And Jesus said that God is looking for people that will worship him in spirit and in truth. That God doesn't just want some surface level religious relationship with you. God wants a deep, intimate relationship where you can receive from him and then you can give back to him in worship. That's who God's looking for during this time. That's who God's looking to raise up all across the country. And that's who he's looking for you and me to be during this time. You know, the Bible says in 2 Chronicles that the eyes of the Lord are searching to and fro, searching for someone whose heart is uh, turned towards him, that God is looking for a young person just like you. Listen to me right now. He's looking for you, someone that will keep your eyes upon God, even during a time where everyone's competing for your attention. Everybody wants you to listen to them. God says, if you will look on me, if you will cast your care upon me, I will care for you. God says, don't worry about what's going on in the world. Look to me, for I won't just give you something that will solve a temporary issue, but I will pour something upon your life that will give you a never-ending supply where you'll never be thirsty again. That's what Jesus came to do. Jesus didn't come to put a band-aid on a gashing wound and then leave and say it's finished. No, Jesus, what he did on the cross, he didn't just patch up the wound. He removed the wound completely. That now, it's not like we have some hand-me-down uh, covenant through Jesus and he just patched up the holes and, and fixed it and he gave it back to us, some broken thing that's taped together and, and barely held together. No, Jesus came to make us brand new people through his blood. And that's who we are today. So you don't have to feel guilty and feel like, oh, life is just 
what it is and I am who I am and I can never change and you know I'm under a generational curse and this is how life is no Jesus came to break that curse off of your life forever Jesus came to give you something well you'll never have to ask from man again you'll never have to beg from this earth again because what you've received has eternal value because you have the mindset of eternity that what you see on surface level what you see with your natural eye and what can hear with your natural ear comes secondary to what you know to be true by the word of God and God's word will endure forever. The grass withers, the flower fades, but the word of the Lord shall endure forever. I'm speaking to you as a friend today because I don't want you to get caught up with what the world is caught up with. I don't want you to feel panicked and in fear and have to take antidepressants and have to take anxiety medication because what the world is preaching and because of how the world wants you to feel. We rise above that by the word of God. We rise above that but by what we know from revelation about what Jesus came to do. And maybe the things I'm talking about today, maybe no one has ever told you that that's true. That no one ever told you that you don't just have to live your life based on you know what skin color you are or what uh, country you were born in or what financial status your parents have or, or what university you're going to go to. No, you don't have to live your life by worldly standards and by how people perceive you. You can live your life through the identity you have through the blood of Jesus and who he made you to be. That you're not a, you know, you're not a new black person or a white person. You're a new creature in Christ Jesus. God has made you distinctly different. He's made you a brand new being with brand new capabilities, a brand new authority that's greater than any authority of the world or any authority of the devil. He has raised and seated you in a heavenly place. He's anointed you to do great things. He's equipped you for the conflict and you're anointed to win the battle. You are not put on this earth and placed on this planet to be beaten up by life and let the devil kick you around and let the devil mock you. No, you're anointed to be more than a conqueror. You're anointed to be just like David and stand up to the Goliaths of the world and tell them that they don't have the right or the authority to speak like they do because we have received the authority of heaven and the spirit of God lives on the inside of each one of us. We are the temples of the Holy Ghost. God's Spirit lives in us. And the Bible says this. The Bible says the Lord is the Spirit. And where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom or there is liberty. There is no bondage in Christ Jesus. There is no condemnation in Christ Jesus. No matter what you've done, no matter what you've done in your past, no matter what you think is separating you from God, the Bible says that nothing can separate you from the love of Jesus. You have no reason to feel disqualified today. You have no reason to feel like you're cut off from God or that God's not willing to hear you or that God's not willing to forgive you and welcome you back into the family. God loves you. God has a great plan for you. You don't have to live your life with the mindset of natural things, of earthly things. You can live your life with the mindset that God has made me different and I have the mindset of eternity that makes me unique and makes me different. I want to finish in Hebrews chapter 7. Verse 
as we wrap up today. I'm just going to read this verse, and then we're going to pray out today before we close this podcast. Wherever you're listening, and you know whatever platform you're listening on, I want you to get this verse in your spirit before you go on with your day. Or maybe you go to sleep, maybe you listen to these at night, I don't know. But I want you to get this in your spirit before we pray out together. In verse 25 of Matthew 7, listen to this. The Bible says, in verse 22, Jesus is the guarantor of a better covenant. The former priests were many in number because they were prevented by death from continuing in office. But he, Jesus, holds his priesthood permanently because he continues forever. Again, eternity, forever. Consequently, he is able to save to the uttermost those who draw near to God through him, since he always lives to make intercession for them. Hallelujah. Isn't that wonderful to understand that the high priest we have, Jesus, is the best high priest we could ever hope for because Jesus is eternal and he continues forever. That if Jesus continues forever, then that means that the intercession that he makes for us continues forever. Jesus is always able to save to the uttermost part. We know what that means? That he doesn't just save your skin. He doesn't just save your bones or your flesh or your muscles or things that you can perceive with your natural eye. But he saves things that are unseen. He can save your soul and he can regenerate your spirit. I want you to pray with me today. Father, I thank you for this time we've had on the podcast. God, I ask that what I've shared from your Bible today and the truths that are in it. I thank you, God, that it resonates with each listener. I thank you that they understand by the word of God that they don't have to live their life by temporary means or things that have no eternal value. But God, I thank you that through today's podcast, they'll understand that they can live their life with the mindset of eternity. That God, this life they now live is not a long one. That one day, they'll have to face you in judgment that one day eternity will ring true and will become real. And I promise you, if you will make the decision today to accept Jesus into your heart, you'll never have to live a life where you'll question your salvation. So while we have our eyes closed and our heads bowed in prayer, I want you to repeat this after me. If you feel to accept Jesus into your heart and receive that eternal mindset and that eternal reward of salvation. I just want you to say this very quickly. I want you to say, Dear Jesus, come into my heart. Forgive me of my sin. Today, Jesus, I choose you. I choose to live for you. I reject this present world. I reject the mindset of temporary things. And I accept and acknowledge Jesus Christ as my Lord and Savior. I receive the mindset of eternity. I will live a life to please God that one day he'll say to me, well done, my good and faithful servant. Enter in to the joy of the Lord. And everybody said, amen. If you prayed that prayer, I want you to know that God loves you, that God has a great plan for your life, that you don't have to live in turmoil 
and chaos and full of fear. But from now on, you can live with the mindset that Jesus is making intercession for you, that Jesus is making a way for you, that Jesus, through his shedding of blood on the cross, has opened up a way for you to come into relationship with the Father once more. I want you to know you have no reason to fear any longer. You have the wellspring of life that springs up until salvation. You have the life of Christ Jesus, which is eternal. I hope this podcast has blessed you today. The website should be launching either today as you're listening, if you're listening on the day that this released, uh, but if you're not, I encourage you to go to PrestonShuttlesworth.com as the website has been launched. We have great content on there for you already. I'm going to have uh, a blog post that I've already, I already have some blogs on there, but I'll continue to be writing uh, for the website and you can see my schedule. You have the ability to partner and give through the website and uh, just see what the ministry is about. It's an exciting time for uh, my ministry and the things that God's doing and the doors that he's opening. And I encourage you to check that out. And uh, before we sign off today, I just want you to know once more that God loves you. I love you. And I'll talk to you soon. Thank you for listening to the Preston Shuttlesworth Audio Podcast. To stay connected with Preston and for booking information, make sure to follow him on social media on Instagram and stay tuned for our upcoming ministry website. For more episodes, please subscribe and make sure to come back here every Friday for brand new weekly content.